0: it's time for the crunch time plays podcast where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros and now here's your host bennett ganey what's up y'all live loose here hey what's up this is danny wexelman hey, everyone i'm steffi smalls
1: what's up everyone it's ben Lindy. this is andrea carter hey there it's brooks
0: Austin. and you are watching and listening to crunch time plays What's up, everybody? Thanks for hopping back into Crunch Time Plays today. Got another great guest for you, the College World Series preview show that we're doing today. And and we joked with her last week, and we had Caroline Darney on last week, and we joked with her. We said, you know, if Virginia makes it to the College World Series, then we're going to have to do this again next week. And that's exactly what we're doing. So, so Caroline, hope you're doing well today, and welcome back.
1: Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it was funny how, of course, dramatically played out. But um, yeah, we're, we're back. So we're hanging out again. So Virginia must have won, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they did. And uh, and they, they're going on to the to the College World Series for just the just the fifth time in, in program history. And and the way they've done it, you know, the past two weekends, we talked about it last week on the region. When the regional losing game won when you pitch, Andrew Abbott. And then you pitch Andrew Abbott again in game one against Dallas Baptist and you lose that one and you still find a way to to win the next two and come back and get to Omaha. So just and we talked about it, you know, last week it was a microcosm of the way the season went. But just what have you seen of this team by just being able to the resolve they have and being able to play with their backs up against the wall the way they have?
1: It's unbelievable, and we've asked, you know, Coach O'Connor and the players about this. Like, um, I joked with with Oak. I was like, "Are you going to tell them when they get to Omaha that they're in an elimination game?" Because, and look, I will say, like the, you know, the first game, both first games that they lost were, if I'm remembering correctly, were both one-run games. Like, yeah. and so it's not like the there were no situations in which Virginia was getting totally blown out. They had a really great rally going in the I think eighth, seventh, or eighth inning against. Dallas Baptist in that first game where, you know, there was the weird hit by pitch thing that would have been bases loaded, um, no outs. And instead you've got, um, you know, two outs and it just changed the vibe and they ended up having to stop the game for, you know, lightning. And like, I think it was a five, it felt like forever. There was talk about finishing that game the next morning, but they were, you know, just the not three outs away from finishing the game, basically. So anyway, it's a long way of saying like, they've been in those games and the difference, obviously if you had to pick one and you were six and oh in elimination games or oh and two and non-elimination games, you always pick the six and oh in elimination games because that's the way more important. Um, But it's just this feeling. And it, it kind of, you worry at times like, okay, Virginia has done this now so many times that, I don't think that they're getting complacent like, oh, if we get down, we'll just come back and win because that's such a dangerous way to live uh, in a game that's so unforgiving. But it's also hilariously like, they'll keep doing it. Um, There's no panic. There's no, and some of that comes from Oak. Like his demeanor is usually pretty chill. Um, But it's even more impressive to me because if this was a team that had a ton of seniors that had been to Omaha before or been to super regionals before any of that type of stuff. You'd think like, Oh, they're, you know, they have this experience. They know not to get rattled, but this is a group of guys. Like none of them had been to a super regional. None have been to Omaha. These are guys that committed to Virginia, you know, right after, usually in most cases, right after they won in 2015, which was the last time they went to a super regional or to Omaha. So it's really impressive that they've been able to stay this calm and this, and had players come up in big moments like you've seen from Devin Ortiz or you've seen from Kyle Teal or uh, Nick Kent or even Chris Newell in the outfield, like and all these things, like these big moments um, when it's they don't have the experience to go off of. So it's, and that's what's been kind of remarkable to me.
0: Yeah, it really, it really is remarkable. And and when you think about the going into kind of the the. MVPs for the pitching staff the last couple of weekends. Andrew Abbott, of course, is the ace of the staff. He he and he's done very well in his two starts. Like like you mentioned, Virginia has lost two run run games in game ones of the both the regional and the super regional. But who who have been who's is there just one pitcher that you can point to, whether it be shot, whether it be McGarry, whether it be, you know, somebody else. You know, you talk about Neek and different guys like that. Who is there one guy that you can point to and say this is the guy that that's really led us here? Or, or, to me, it's really a combination of all those guys.
1: Oh, yeah, you got to go combo. But the one, the names that kind of stand out to me are Griff McGarry and Matt Wyatt. Um, obviously, like you know, if I'm looking at just the super regional, I think those are my two picks. Um, forgive me for the extraneous sound. My dog has decided to chew on things. So, um, the, but those two guys, like you look at what Griff, so Griff McGarry was outstanding in the regional. Um, he just had to come out with the finger in this blister and you could, you know, the blood on the pants, very dramatic. Um, and that was when you had Neek come in and that was maybe one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen in base. Like, I just, I know that sounds very dramatic and hyperbolic, but I just can't get over, you know, 5.1 5. 5. innings. Or I mean, he struck out 16 guys in five innings, and I just – in relief. Like, I just – it was remarkable, and that was a game that they had 24 strikeouts. So Griff McGarry was dealing before he had to leave the game, and so he came back out and got the start, um, and he was just fantastic. Like, there were a couple of you he know, got in a little bit of trouble here and there, and it just was a game where, you know – they needed to get that win. It was game two. Um, he pitched seven innings with 10 strikeouts. Like they kept a really dangerous Dallas Baptist team off the board completely, uh, score, w- Score wise. And so it's just, he's just been unbelievable. But then you look at, you know, like I said, Matt Wyatt was a guy that he, w- he did great in his start back in the regional and he went 5.2 with, with eight K's, um, in the game three deciding game and just especially the thing that stands out to in that performance from him for me was after Virginia took the lead in the seventh, he, he threw nine, 11 pitches somewhere in there that not a lot. (laughs) Um, I think it was nine pitches in the next frame and had two strikeouts in a first pitch pop out and, and just really, you know, you take a lead really dramatically and he went out there and like, just shut it down. There were there, no, you know, no base runners, nothing like no good looks. And and that to me was just huge for him to, to get that. You know, he did give up the the home run, but you know, I think he settled in and responded and they didn't even have to use shock in the super regional. I don't know how much they would have used him because of the fact that he pitched 73 innings uh, or 73 innings, 73 pitches <laughs> over three innings in the, uh, you know, the game against ODU um, but not needing to use him was, was huge. Cause you know, you still get that performance out of Matt Wyatt to close it out. So, you know, you'll have fresh arms from him and hopefully um, Blake as well coming back. Um, so he might be available at, with some injury issues, but anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> Blake fails.
0: That's definitely the case. And it was really, really great to see shot and I have to get used uh, if you're Virginia, because now it sets you up well for, for game one in Omaha on Sunday against, against Tennessee. And then you know, offensively, you know, Devin Ortiz was the, was the hero of the regional with the, with the walk-off home run. But, but Kyle Teal was, was the hero for, for the super regional, sending the, sending Virginia to Omaha. And he and kind of etched his name into, into Virginia baseball history. And the la- last time Virginia made it to Omaha back in 20. 20- 15, Ernie Clement was kind of the hero uh, for that group. So he's kind of etched his name in with him over the last 10 years as guys that Virginia has led or has led Virginia to Omaha.
1: Yeah, you 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 name abs, absolutely Ernie Clement, who I, I adore. Like it's funny because like you know it's hard. You you cover a team and you definitely have guys that end up being like favorites or the you know. And Kyle Teal, it's it's so easy to like him when you watch him play. I mean, some people might be like, get a get the right size batting helmet, like. But I lo- it's just so endearing to me. And he's literally over the course of the super like just talking to him and talking to Coach O'Connor, he literally will do anything. He's like, you he hasn't even played outfield that long. So they needed him to play right field. And not only is he good at it. Well, he does. He gives me sometimes um, Manny Ramirez at Boston vibes when it comes just in the fact that like routine pop-ups, sometimes you get a little worried. You're like, does he know where the ball, like, is he going to, and kind of makes it look more difficult than maybe it should be. And gives you that little pause of like, Oh, no, we're good. Okay, cool. Um, But he's got a laser out there. Like his, his, he's gotten, Two and should have had a third assist from right field. Um, you know, and just like puts him on a rope and gets it. And so having him out there has been such a benefit. But you know, just talking about the hitting, he struck out in the fifth. Um, and you know, he was he was mad. You know, they had gotten a really great start to that inning. I think it was Chris Newell that was on third. Um, you know, they get a leadoff hit, he steals second, or they sacrifice bunted him over to second. Eh, never mind. I'm mixing up my innings. But anyway, he got to third and there were two outs when Teal came up and and, you know, he struck out swinging, and he was frustrated about that. And um, But when his approach when he came back out, again, these are guys I'm talking about. that This is a first year. Like, you know, he decided he was one of the best players coming out of New Jersey, if not the best of that class, um, decided not to go into the draft, decided to come to Virginia. And for moments like that, like, you know, every I think every kid growing up that wants to play baseball imagines himself in a two-out, bases loaded, down one, like in a super regional trip to Omaha on the line – Um, and he thought it, I mean, he got enough of it. It wasn't a no doubter, um, when he hit it. And so he thought it was a routine fly ball, you know? And so he's run into first adjusting the helmet, the whole thing. Like you got all of Kyle Teal in that like one moment, but, um, it is, it's a huge hit. And like you said, early Ernie Clement, and then you can even go back to Chris Taylor with his walk-off hit, um, in 2011, they just had like, it was 10, just had the 10 year anniversary, if you will um, over UC Irvine that sent Virginia to the, the college world series in 2011. And, um, it's just, those are the moments, like when you list big, super regional performances, like I just, <laughs> you know, you, I think it was Matt Wyatt after the game that was every Virginia fan, basically that was like in the dugout thinking, man, a grand slam would be nice here. <laughs> like, and so it's just, you think about those things, you know, as a sports fan, I remember back in, um, I guess, oh man, of course I'm going to forget like the years, which is embarrassing. But I think it's the um, the Grand Slam, the big poppy hit over the Tigers that sent like the you know the cop with the arms up and Tori Hunter with his legs up and the iconic photo. And um, as a sports fan watching that, I was like, it's okay, they're down down four. All they have to do is load the bases, Grand slam. It's easy, one swing. Like it's never that easy. And then it happens, and you're like, this is why I keep coming back to sports. Like. Because in your mind, like, because those things validate you every once in a while, you still keep that hope that these things can happen. And so it's just such a great moment for Kyle Teal. But I, I want to point out, too, that um, Max Cotier came up in a really big moment, and he had struggled a lot at the plate. Um, you know, I think he was one for 12. Um, just a lot of ground outs. You know, that was a big at-bat. Uh, I mean, huge at-bat, you know, bases. I think they had people in first and second. Um And for him to leg out that, like get enough on that hit, obviously, you know, runners were going with, with two outs um, to keep that inning alive was such a big moment for him and probably hopefully does a lot for his confidence if you're Virginia going forward.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And Cody had definitely, definitely provided, uh, you know, that extra, that extra bat there in that inning and, and kind of looking ahead to, to Omaha for, for Virginia, as we were talking about it in the pre-show. They are in a difficult side of the bracket with number two seed in, in Texas, number three seed in Tennessee, number seven in Mississippi State, two of the SEC powers this year. And, and Texas, of course, has been a power for a long time. But what what's going to be the key for Virginia in this first matchup against Tennessee, pitching Andrew Abbott and then going through going through this side of the bracket what's going to be the key for virginia to ultimately get to the championship series where they want to go
1: i want to be like well they got to lose the first game <laughs> got to get themselves in an elimination situation No, yeah, i gotta, mean
0: got to lose against tennessee and then uh and then we'll then get it we'll all from sailing
1: there. from there yeah easy peasy um no i mean you look at that it's ugh, yeah, yeah the teams that are in there you know and with NC State upsetting Arkansas, which that was a crazy game, like absolutely crazy. Um, What a performance by NC State there. Unbelievable. Um, The two ACC teams are the only two unseeded teams. So it's really fun to kind of see like how wacky it's become that, you know, and now Texas is the highest ranked team left in the tournament, um, you know, in the event. And it'll be interesting. I think the. Big key, and this sounds very like no duh, but the way that Tennessee was hitting the ball, and and I've you know I've seen people online that are like oh it's because they play in a baby park like that's why they have so many home runs like all that stuff like I don't care those guys can hit like you got to be, and it's going to be just so important for whomever starts. I assume will be Abbott. They haven't announced any starters yet or anything, but um, to limit what Oak calls the like pile on effect, you know like if you know don't. If you give up a home run, not ideal, but don't do it if you've walked two guys beforehand. You know, what I mean, like it's just one of those like you got to be careful. You got to limit mistakes. You can't give them any extra opportunities. Um, and I think they got to get try and they've played from behind so much that you know <laughs> don't fix what is broken, but also like don't like, like it, it's a lot tougher. I think um, when you're looking at a Tennessee and and. ODU and Dallas Baptist are really good teams with really good hitters. Like, this is not to in any way say that, you know, oh, well, they only had to play those two, but it, it just, the way that Tennessee um, and even Mississippi State in their last game against Notre Dame was able to just like pile it on, um, you can't let that snowball effect happen if you're, you know, defensively. So they've got to be really sharp. I'm curious to see, you know, I don't know how unusual this stuff is, but they had no ground outs in the like defensively, like in the second game of the series (laughs) against uh, Dallas Baptist and only had a couple um, in game three. So it it was either they were striking out or they were popping up. So it's just kind of like, you know, what is that? How ready are they defensively? They're probably fine, like not making make a big thing out of it. Um, But it just was such a weird, when I looked at it, I was like, you know, no one's grounded out for a while. And I like scrolled through stats broadcast and I was like, oh, that's because they haven't like not since like inning five of game one. Um, and so it was like, you know, a game and a half that they had no, um, no ground outs, you know, any action in the infield other than pop flies or heading out into foul territory. So I just think the pitching in the first game is going to be so, so key and, and, making other pitchers work. I think there were a few times that they let, um, DBU off early in games where, you know, they'd get, you know, in the top of the inning, whatever they'd have to deal with a base runner early and yada, yada, yada. And the pitcher was out there when hit like 15, 20 pitches. And then they come first pitch swinging um, into a ground out or a pop-up and their guy, you know, the other guy's working with six pitches or nine. Um, so I think maybe take advantage of the, like, you know, get good swings on the ball, but don't let them get out of these innings so easy.
0: Yeah. That's, that was definitely one of the uh, topics of conversation uh, this week that, that I was thinking about. I know a lot of other people have mentioned it as well, but, Tennessee they hit they definitely hit a lot of home runs in the in the regionals and the super and and TD Ameritrade is such a big part that you're you're wondering if they're going to have trouble manufacturing runs but yeah. but uh, the ball has the ball's been flying out of, of places this year yeah. with the the five people are finally getting getting used to the new ball with the with the BB Corps bat. but do you do you think we're going to see a lot of A home runs in Omaha. I know some people have said that the the balls may be juiced up a little bit this year for, for the for the for the bats. But but do you think we see a lot of home runs this year in Omaha? And if Virginia is not able to hit those home runs, how do you think they go about manufacturing some runs that they need to be able to advance in games?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I'm tempted to say I probably I don't think it'll be as I thought there were a lot of home runs in super regionals like and even the regionals. But um, I mean, just alone, how many Grand Slams were hit? Like, I mean, I think Notre Dame had two in the regionals and Dallas Baptist had one. Virginia had one like there's just a lot of grand like Grand Slams. you know, <laughs> I joked with you before we started, like, you know, again, Red Sox last night, Grand Slam to take the lead in the seventh. Two of the teams that I follow in a three-day span did the exact same thing, like absolutely insane. Because Grand Slam's are pretty uncommon. Like, just they don't happen all the time. But here we are. We've had a bunch to talk about and we've seen a bunch. So um I don't think it will be quite as many. Cause like you said, TD Ameritrade is just a big, it plays big, it's a big park um but that said like there's just so many talented hitters on these t- you have to this is I honestly you know I've seen, seen some debate about it or talk like um this might be the most difficult NCAA tournament to win I, and I say that, like you know because I know like from following basketball my whole life like NCAA tournament basketball that's really difficult like you got to string together six wins like it has all so many matchup things but you look at baseball and it's like Cause getting to Omaha is such a big deal and rightfully so like it's just, it's really difficult. And so you look at, there are good teams left. There's always going to be like just really good teams left, like no duh. And so I I think they're going to be a bunch of home runs, but you make a great point. Virginia didn't necessarily string together a lot of hits. Um, And that can be very concerning if you're not getting the ball out of the park. Um, But I do think that this is a team that can do that. They've done it over the backstretch of the season. Um, They just need, and they've done well ish with the two out hitting. Like that's some of the stuff I think that's, those are the things that will make a difference in a tournament like this is like, can you take advantage of these situations, these high stress situations, these high pressure, like, two out, two on, two strikes, like that sort of thing. Like, can you get it done? And they've answered in those stressful moments, but they have to get better at, they've left a lot of guys on base. So they've done well at times, like working walks and getting lead off singles. And, you know, Coach O'Connor loves the sacrifice bunt. Um, so it's just a matter of like, when you've got someone like Kyle Teal coming up, do you let him try and take a hack at it? Or do you, you know, try to get a guy in running in scoring position? So, you know, there's so many things will come into play, but I do think Virginia needs to take a little bit of a step forward from where they were in the super regionals when it comes to like stringing together hits and manufacturing runs that way.
0: With the absence of Arkansas in the College World Series now adding NC State in there and, and NC State so so deserving to be there, is this the best College World Series field that we've seen in a while. Cause I, I think it is, I mean, really, you can't really pinpoint a favorite or anything like that. There's so many incredible teams on, on so many different runs heading into Omaha this year.
1: It's really hard not to think that, right? Like I looked at it and it, it's, it's uh it feels very loaded. You know, you've got the reigning champs on and, and Vanderbilt is just what they've established is just incredible. Um, you know, Virginia fans are very familiar <laughs> with facing Vanderbilt, and I love—I absolutely, really do love that. In 2014, when Virginia was the favorite, and Vandy was this like plucky upstart—not upstart—they're still like, a really good program, but this like kind of plucky, like didn't expect to be here, like, and they win the whole thing in 2014. And then you completely switch the roles. They were a well-oiled machine in 2015. Virginia barely squeaked into the tournament. Um, you know, it was barely as we in the conference tournament, make it all the way. And they're pitching outfielders in game two and getting shutouts against this team that has guys like Dansby Swanson on it, you know, like just absolutely ridiculous. Like if you saw it in a movie, you'd roll your eyes and be like, this is, what are we doing here? Um, and so like, I, I just, I will never, they're a team that's like, they're going to be good. They're going to be there. They're going to be hard to get out. They've got amazing, amazing pitchers. Um, You've got rocker. I just that he's great answers. They've got two of the best strikeout guys on that side. Um, And so you look at that, you look at Stanford's always good at everything, um, which is kind of annoying, but you know, it's good for them. (laughs) Um, But it's just going to be absolutely nuts. And then you just look over, you know, Texas, you, like we said, uh, the two scene and the way that Tennessee and Mississippi state are playing, coming into it. And the other part that'll be fun is, you know, I think Virginia fans were probably hoping Notre Dame knocked off Mississippi State just because when you think about, like, raucous, rowdy fan bases, like, I think you have to put Mississippi State up near the top. And same honestly, the same with Tennessee and and Texas. Those are fan bases that will travel for an event like this. So it's great. Like, the atmosphere at TD Ameritrade, even if it's, you know, I think it's going to be reduced capacity. I'm not entirely sure where that's at right now with the decision making. But they haven't played in front of this many people. Um, Virginia hasn't at least because, you know, even their super regional, regional and super regional were um, at a neutral site or an away site for them. Um, so it'll be absolutely crazy to see what the environment is like. Um, and it's just, I think it's such a good field. And it's just going to be hopefully some really
0: good baseball for 10 days or whatever, however long,
1: however long it is. 10 days, 11, 12 days, 14, somewhere over there.
0: Yes. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing a theater for sure. And, and it just the renaissance of sports here in the last, in the last few months just makes it even more, even more special. And then, you know, I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with this, this loaded field. I, I'll be interested to see where we're at the next couple of years down the road in terms of loaded Omaha fields. But it seems like this year has a lot to do with that COVID year. Everybody coming back the teams have an opportunity to get one one last crack at it before they yeah. move on to to the major leagues or or whatever they decide to do in the future
1: yeah no it's a good point you know there's people that um players both young and young and old you know guys, guys like steven shock weren't supposed to be here still you know like last year was supposed to be his final year and um obviously he's become a fan favorite quickly with the how funny he is and the way that he pitches and plays. And then, you know, you guys like guys like Kyle Teal, maybe his decision is different if the draft doesn't have so many question marks around it last summer. Um, And so, you know, that's the case I think for a lot of teams is like you had guys that weren't supposed to be here this year that were able to come back and take advantage of that. And you've got guys that maybe would have taken their chances in the draft or not, you know, come as first years or freshmen um, that decided to do that because it was, it felt more secure of a decision that you'd get playing time and development and growth that you weren't going to necessarily get in um, the farm leagues this year, or any of that stuff. So I think that's a, you know, an interesting way to look at it. There's, there's a lot more, maybe a different group of people than we would have thought we're going to be here in 2021.
0: There's definitely going to be a a lot, definitely a lot of scouts in Omaha. All the all the eyes of the the Major League Baseball world will be uh, in Omaha as well as we get closer to the draft. Especially with with and there's so many great players. But when you think about Rocker and Lighter from Vanderbilt, they could probably go the one and two, possibly. And you know, they're definitely going to be the first two college pitchers taken in this draft.
1: Yeah, I just say it's. it's I think about a lot actually like the, you know, 2015 when Virginia won it, they had to get through both Arkansas with Andrew Benintendi and, uh, you know, like I said, Vanderbilt with um, Dansby Swanson. And so you look at the players that you, it's fun to kind of look back on years when you've watched teams play there and remember these incredible performances that now guys that are, you know, you know, Matt Dice and, Adam Hazley has played a bunch for the Phillies. You know, Maybe not, they're not necessarily the same like starting for XYZ number of years as you've seen with Ben Intendi and, and Swanson. But you know, these you know, Ernie Clement got his first um major league hit this week. So that was kind of fun timing. Again, my fave. I just absolutely love him. Um so yeah, it's it's such a cool way to like watch all these people that you know you're going to be watching for a long long time in the in the mlb so it's just i'm just so excited for all of it the this is one i i've always wanted to go so this has been you know fingers crossed it see some fun games out there
0: there's no doubt about that and, and caroline it's been been awesome having you again uh today t- t- can you let everybody know where they can find you on social yeah. media where they can find uh, the work at streaking the lawn and they they're just get, definitely going to be a lot of college world series coverage from you guys this weekend. So can you just let everybody know where they can find that from that Virginia perspective as well?
1: Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at CW Darney, Uh, You can find streaking the lawn at STL underscore UVA on Twitter and streaking the lawn, all one word lowercase on Instagram. So hopefully we'll have some great stories. Um, and stuff ready for this week. And then obviously the content wise, um, written, we've got previews about to come and, uh, well, we're going to chat with our Tennessee site and get the lowdown for everything. Um, pre and post game stuff all on streakingthelawn.com So very excited. Should be a fun, fun couple of weeks. Um, if nothing else. So
0: awesome. We're definitely, definitely excited for the college world series. If you, if you did get a chance to go, I know you, I know you're going to enjoy it. Stay safe. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me again. Well, you're welcome. I really appreciate all of you as the audience checking out this episode. I know everybody is getting ready for the College World Series. So excited about that. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crutch Time Plays. Get ready for the College World Series, everybody, and enjoy it this weekend. And God bless.